God is so good. I just, um, I just am so thankful for what he's poured out this morning. Just in your hearts, you can even just say thank you to God for what he's poured out this morning. God, thank you so much. We just thank you. Amazing gift of, of family and him this morning. So, um, Pastor Cameron, Rush Kids can be dismissed, by the way. Um, Pastor Cameron and Kathy Wright are uh, ministering this morning at New Day, South Carolina. And so they're not here, but we have the privilege of the school ministry team from Toronto here. You guys want to come on up? We're going to introduce them. They've been a big blessing to us this weekend, helping at the Iglesia. Yesterday, we did like pretty much all-day outreach, cleaning up the neighborhood and doing a grill out for the community, and it was amazing, and so we're so thankful for their help. So this is James, and this is Lizzie, and they're the team leaders. Um, yeah, I'm from um, about three hours north of Toronto. Um, I'm a small group leader, um, as well as Lizzie, at the School of Ministry, um, so I'm just going to pass the mic and get everyone to introduce themselves and say where they're from. I'm Joe. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm Philip from Northwest England. I'm Isaac from England. I'm Lizzie. And I'm from Manchester, England. I'm Kristen from Ontario, close to Ottawa. I'm Susie from England. I'm Andrea from Toronto. I'm Kat from Indianapolis. I'm Olivia from Toronto. I'm Carter from just south of Nashville. I'm Peter from South Korea. So, thanks guys. We're, we're really excited to be here and we've already had lots of fun this weekend. And um, yeah, all of these students you see here have just started the school in September. Um, and they've been having lots of fun and really enjoying it. And we're now getting a chance, thanks to you guys, to come here and um, put into practice what we've learned. And it's really great. We're really enjoying it. And um, I'm going to ask Susie if she can, she's going to share a quick testimony about what God's been doing in her heart at the school. Um, yeah, so going to the School of Ministry has just been like amazing for me and I feel like I've changed so much and had the opportunity to grow so much and one of the things for me was really realizing like the potential that I had within myself. Before I came here like I was really insecure and I kind of thought I had to do everything in my own strength. So when it came to like praying for people, I'd get really nervous and like I hated prophesying over people because it's just a nightmare because I felt like all the pressure was on me. Um, but during like Father Heart Week, I just really realized like who I was as a daughter, and like being a daughter meant that like, I have everything I need within me. And like, um, so when I'm prophesying for people, like I've got everything. So whether I give the most amazing, accurate prophecy ever, or I don't have anything to say at all, it really doesn't matter because like God is my Father, and He is like pleased with me as it is. Like I have nothing to earn and like nothing to lose, and so yeah, it's just been an incredible like transformation for me, and I'm just so grateful to be here. And yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Susie. So Olivia's going to be speaking today. She's speaking on Heart of Stone, and it's something that we find it's like really important, like one of the things that we learn in school. And um, it's like we do it right at the beginning. And honestly, you'll all be surprised. Like, I really think this will, all of you will be able to relate with what Olivia is going to speak about today. 
So I'm just going to pray for her now. So God, I just thank you for Olivia. I thank you for everything that you've placed in her heart to share with us this morning. And I just ask that you'll just come and speak through her. And will you just fill her up, God? And just as she gives out, will you pour into her? And will you prepare our hearts to receive the things that she says, God? Amen. Thanks, Lizzie. All right. Yeah, so I'm Canadian. Any other Canadians? Awesome. Okay, so I'm so excited for what God's going to do today because this is something that's, he's totally been working in my heart. This is like a big part of the healing that I've been going through. And it's something that actually a lot of people can uh, relate to and stuff, even if they don't realize that it's, they have a heart of stone, a lot of people do. Um, So yeah, and as Christians, we've probably heard a lot of the same general thing, just that hearts of stone come come from when you've been hurt or something, and you can't give or receive love, and you can't accept what God has for you. So um, when I decided to choose this topic or ask if I could get this topic, um, God really just showed me a lot of new stuff on this. Um, He was just showing me that hearts of stone are so much more than just not being able to give and receive, but it also affects, like, everything in our lives. So um, how we see ourselves and how we treat ourselves and uh, how we react in relationships, especially in the the relationship that we have with God. Um, So, uh, yeah, before that I really looked at this teaching, I didn't think it applied to me. Uh, because I've never had a huge traumatic event in my life, which is quite commonly known to affect someone and give them a heart of stone. So um, it, it's mostly like hearts of stone actually come a lot from little things in life that we just brush off or ignore or pretend really didn't happen. Um, so this causes hearts of stone to be a lot less obvious. Um, and, but we need these hurtful events to be revealed to us so that we can go back through them and forgive everyone involved, including ourselves and even God. So that once we do this, we can enable ourselves to step out of the hurt that we've been through and walk, start walking into the healing and freedom that God has for us. And it's in that healing that we'll find our true identity that exists in Christ. So God's shown me throughout my life that I built walls around my heart and I had no idea. And these walls began to immobilize me and I wasn't able to... Um, take receive anything god had for me really receive any of the breakthrough especially at the beginning of school my heart of heart of stone just stopped me from being able to receive the the love that god was just placing in front of me at the school because it was such a great opportunity to receive that um so yeah at school we just had one day that was specifically on hearts of stone uh we've had like we had healing life's hurts and there was a lot a lot of different type of healing but um this was just one day and so uh sarah jackson one of our directors uh, talked about just receiving from God and just asking him for revelation of what went wrong in your life. Like, what were the things that affected you, that hurt you, that caused you to close your heart? So, um, actually, when I sat down and just soaked and just asked God, like, what what were the things in my life that hurt me? He uh, just started re- revealing to me things that I wouldn't have thought of, things that I had just kind of pushed aside or just thought that happened to me and probably happened to a ton of different other people, and it really didn't hurt me or really do anything to me in any way. So one of the things he showed me was the fact that I was middle child. I don't know if anybody else are middle children here, but middle child syndrome, Whew, healing. I'm just joking. <laughs> kind of. But anyway, <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm a middle child, and that meant I grew up uh, mostly out of the spotlight. So my older sister was quite demanding because when she, she grew up for a few years before me, so she's used to getting the attention, and it's not a terrible thing to be 
to be the first child and get more attention. It's just what happens. And uh, um, for younger children, they tend to be a lot more dependent on their parents because I know in my family, my younger sister um, was more dependent, and she um, was a lot more sheltered and stuff like that. So, I mean, every child in the family, no matter if you're first or last or whatever in between, um, there's all things you have to deal with. But for me, it was just being the middle child. So um, in my family, being the middle child meant that I was given a lot more independence and because uh, I didn't quite get as much attention. So uh, it wasn't really seen as a terrible thing, and, I mean, it doesn't seem that terrible to get that independence. And, I mean, eventually I embraced that, and my family encouraged me. Uh, to do so. So um, because I was the most independent one who my parents just assumed needed less attention, I meant I got less attention. So I ended up being kind of not quite a terrible child, but I ended up uh, doing some weird things to get attention. Like I remember I was like eight or something, and a few times I just locked myself in the washroom just to, for my parents to knock on the door and be like, what, what are you doing? Like, why? And I'd, I don't know what kind of fit I'd put up, but I just sometimes slept in the washroom. I just would do weird things to get attention. So uh, my parents eventually was kind of like, like at the beginning they gave them that attention, but after a while it was like they weren't happy with me doing that. I mean, it's kind of who would be happy with their child hiding in a washroom. But um, so the attention I got from that wasn't affirming, and it wasn't the affirming attention that um, a young girl needs when she's growing up. Um, so actually through these uh, circumstances that haven't crossed my mind in years, I began to walk in this false identity um, that I only just stepped out of recently at the beginning of school. So I had become someone who had believed that like, I, was I was annoying and my, present was my presence wasn't desired. And I had a hard time believing that I was liked or that people wanted to be around me. I began believing I was unworthy of attention, so naturally believing that God wanted to be with me or be my best friend and call me his favorite was just extremely strange and difficult. So um, this is where I began kind of hardening my heart. Um, I didn't really believe that God could want me. And I didn't allow myself to see myself the way that he saw me. So I just didn't picture myself as someone who wanted, who was wanted and desired, and I just didn't let God love me. So as, when I was preparing for this talk, and I just sat down and was like, hey, God, like, I want some new, fresh revelation on this. He just was showing me a lot about how identity ties into a heart of stone. Um, so he just kind of was talking to me about hearts of stone, highlighting the word stone. So in this context, the comparison is referring to rock. So looking at, like picturing a stone in your hand, something you could just find on the side of the road. Um, a rock is a cold, lifeless object. It's boring and far from being unique in any way. Rocks are not treasured or valued. They are easily thrown or kicked aside. A stone has no feeling or emotions. It cannot give nor receive anything. It does not have a capacity for relationship. Beauty is not found in a rock. So when we harden our hearts in life and we have hearts of stone, we begin to see ourselves like stone. We believe we are unimportant, unnoticed, and even unloved. We don't see ourselves as true sons and daughters of God. We lose our identity and put ourselves in a mode where we cannot move. We let go of the life that is placed inside of us, and we truly do become like stone. So this is the false identity that a lot of us have been believing. So we are meant to be seen, and he sees us. We have thoughts and emotions and ideas that are all significant and that he loves to hear about. Um, we're 100% complete, like, creative expressions of God. Um, we are meant to grow and develop and become who God designed us to be. Uh, we are alive in him, and it's part of our destiny to understand that.
So this false identity can come from pretty much anything. Uh, so the fact that I hardened my heart as, as a result of being a middle child and the situations that, be, that came of that, uh, hearts of stone can really come from any kind of circumstance or events or words that people spoke to you and even the lack of those. Um, it could come from something that your family did or your friends or even your mentors. So if you were bullied or rejected by other children when you were younger, uh, maybe in your life you experienced divorce, abuse, abandonment, or other trauma. Uh, maybe you were misunderstood or called out and no one answered. Uh, they also, hearts of stone also come from expressing emotions and not having the reaction that you desire or you feel like you needed. You could have potentially been angry or sad or in pain and just didn't receive the support that you needed. And the people who acted or spoke against you may have crushed you purposely or unknowingly, but it really doesn't matter what they did because ultimately they crushed you and that affected you negatively in some way. So often when we let people in and they've hurt us, our reaction is just naturally to build up walls so that they act as barricades just to keep people out so that there's no way of them get, getting in to be able to hurt us again. So that's pretty much just self-protection. And our culture very much fosters this. It's, uh, our culture comes up with these wise statements like, um, big, I don't know, big boys don't cry, keep a stiff upper lip and just to be tough. But God's desire for us wasn't to be tough. It was to be vulnerable because he's created us for this um, capacity for relationship because he wants us to be able to love and give love. And I mean, that's, I know in church, like that's just what we learn in church. And uh, it's interesting that we've just hardened ourselves that we haven't even been able to walk in that simple teaching that basically is church because as Christians, we want to love and be loved, but we totally have cut ourselves off from that. So, uh, like I said before, hearts, are stoned. hearts of stone can be formed by big traumatic events in life, but also just by the little things that you think are insignificant. And, I mean, these are things that you might not even think twice about because uh, they're not obvious in any way. But you do need to kind of step back and take a look at, uh, some, in some ways, how you react and how people react to you and just how you are in situations so that you can see a little more clearly um, like take a look at your heart basically and see if you have cut people out or something. So there are actually a lot of characteristics and symptoms of hearts of stone that are reoccurring that you might be able to see in yourself. Um, like you might keep people at a distance. You might not let ever anyone get to know the true you uh, because you fear potential rejection. Rejection. You might create a false front, a mask to hide behind. So the real you is never exposed. Many people who have hurts that are, they are trying to hide put on this role of a strong one so that they, effect, they act like nothing affects them. Uh, they just act like they're tough. So uh, you might even stuff your emotions, try to keep it all together, or even find it difficult to ask. And actually another, um, something that's quite common as well is if you see other people expressing their true selves and being vulnerable and loving and giving love and just doing everything very openly and might kind of make you kind of uncomfortable because you feel like, that's not how it's supposed to be. You should be, you know, kind of letting, not letting people in. And it just makes you kind of uncomfortable when people do let people in. So basically, once you stand back and evaluate the characteristics of your heart, you might find that there are some things that you don't really understand or don't want to work on. But um, behind pretty much everything, there's reasons and there's history to um, why you act in certain situations the way you do and stuff like that. So for me, uh, before I was at school ministry, I was quite a rough person. Um, I was very defensive and 
uh, I was really easily upset, uh, but I wasn't, it wasn't upset like I would show that I was hurt, but it would, I would just be defensive and kind of, wouldn't tell people off, but I'd kind of make it into a joke. So I did play that role of the strong one. Uh, it acted like it didn't truly affect me, even though I really, it did really affect me, whatever anyone said. So, uh, yeah, when I had that soaking time with God, just asking about my past and stuff like that, another thing he showed me was the environment I grew up in. Uh, so, also, like, along with being the middle child, my family was very sarcastic. And, I mean, I, like, I love my family. They're amazing. But it, um, growing up in a sarcastic environment is really not encouraging in any way. So, I mean, I... I didn't really see it, like growing up, you, it's hilarious, like my family is hilarious, but it is very hurtful because in sarcasm there really are no encouraging words. So um, I took on, like that's basically how I became defensive. So um, my family, if I were to express something, um, I might get some kind of sarcastic response so that um, then I just kind of stop myself from telling them things or releasing my emotions to them because I didn't want that sarcastic uh, remark or something because it's kind of like a stab at you. It just, it's just really hurtful when you're making yourself vulnerable and someone takes advantage of that. So, uh, yeah, I became kind of feisty instead of vulnerable. Um, my, Like I said, my family didn't receive a lot of what I had to say and my from them speaking harsh words to me. Like, they didn't know that it was hurting me, but it was. But from those harsh words, I my natural response was just to shut myself off. So I developed and I built these walls of self-protection. So, um, yeah, since coming to realization that I had a heart of stone, I allowed God to start working to soften it. And to do this, I had to allow him to show me what happened to me that hurt me and that caused me to harden my heart. So, like, since the beginning of school, he's been revealing things to me, and I've just been able to be real with him and talk to him about it. Um, for the first time ever, I'm actually sharing all of my thoughts freely. Uh, and it's it's a real process. Like, I've been able to acknowledge the hurt that's happened in my life. And once I've recognized it, I've been able to start forgiving and releasing people for the things that they did that maybe they didn't even know they did. But you, you need to be able to acknowledge what has happened to you that has hurt you. Because whatever you deny, God, you don't release that to God to heal. So, yeah, God wants to heal us. He wants to be our healer and... Uh, he wants us to be able to understand his heart and understand how he sees us. So um, in Acts 28, uh, 26 to 28, uh, he, it says, For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their, e- with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts. In turn, I would heal them. So, um, yeah, through that healing you can... Uh, begin to walk in the identity that God has created for you. You can receive the love that would that's going to, once you receive that love, you, it'll reveal the lies in your past that you've begun to believe that have formed your false identity. And the lies that have been at the roots of these, this false identity uh, will just, like, you can begin to break those off. So um, for me, what happened was I was able to, like, I've been able to start believing and seeing myself as, a daughter and believe I am loved and seen and desired. So I've gone from seeing myself as someone who could just easily disappear without being noticed to someone who's seeing myself as someone who is desired and has value. So 
you can kind of tell that this process isn't the most painless thing. It's not really easy. Um, it is, it's, it's painful to go back through these events and look at all the people that hurt you and how they hurt you and why it hurt you and to see how it affects you now. But you do have to do this to, be, to allow God to soften your heart and start working in you. And uh, you need to be, like I said before, you, just, you need to be aware of what has happened in your past so that God can show you the roots of your false identity. And, uh, yeah, so in Ezekiel uh, 36, 25 to 27, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So, like I said before, God wants to heal you, and he has a plan to heal you. So, uh, yeah, I've learned and discovered through this whole experience that there are steps to restoration and healing. So, basically, first you kind of have to just sit back and ask God. Just ask him to give you new revelation on what are the things that went wrong in your past that you might have just looked over and not really seen so that he can just kind of show you what has happened. And you need to acknowledge uh, that it has happened. You just need to speak that you know that it happened and that it affected you in some way. Then it's best to express the emotions that you feel about that or have felt about that to God, just to release it all. And then after you've done that, you can repent for the lies that you've believed. You can rep- and forgive the people who were involved so that you're releasing yourself and everyone who else was who was involved and you also it seems kind of weird but you have to forgive god just to release him from any judgments you've placed on him or anything like i mean god's perfect and he's done nothing wrong but you still in so that you believe in your heart you just kind of have to let him go so yeah and after you do that you can just you'll be able to see the truth and what comes from that so that once you see that truth you can begin to walk in it and see your true identity and after that like once you once you begin to be secure in who you are you'll be able to see god you'll be able to see yourself as how god sees you so that you can be open with others so that if they say anything that hurts you in any way you don't have to receive that and you don't have to put walls up but you will know your true identity so that it won't affect you if they say something that's not encouraging and yeah so you can just basically be free to be yourself after that but so the fruit, the fruit of what I've learned about Hearts of Stone is that now I am able to be my true self. I have found I'm a lot more of a positive person. Um, I'm able to be loved and love more willingly and openly as well as give love. And it's, it's really been amazing. It, just, it makes this school of ministry experience so much more special because I'm forming relationships not only with the people around me but with God. And this, it's great. I mean, you don't have to be at a school of ministry or something to start walking that healing. But... Um, I mean, God can meet, meet you wherever you are. So um, I actually have a prayer here we can do, and I finished a little bit quicker. So um, we could do, like, if you guys could just sit um, quietly for a little while and just kind of ask God what it was in your past that may have affected you in some way and caused you to harden your heart in some way. Um, and then we'll just say a corporate prayer after that. So I'll just give you a couple minutes. Father God, I just pray that you would reveal things to your people today, God. Just 
things that you know have happened and they know deep down have happened, but they've pushed aside. God, I pray that you would just bring those to the surface, God, so that they can just begin to deal with them and start walking into that true identity they have in you. So if God's being, if he's revealing anything to you, just um, like a situation or something, just look in that situation for a person who did something. Because I want to be really specific today. So someone that did something that hurt you. Okay, if you guys could just uh, repeat after me. Uh, We're just going to go through um, a prayer to just kind of ask God for hearts of flesh instead of hearts of stone. So, Lord, I repent for hardening my heart and putting up walls that have kept people out. I repent for choosing to protect myself rather than letting you protect me. I forgive, and then just say the name of the person and for whatever it was that they did to you. You can say it in your heart or out loud. It's up to you. Please forgive me, God. I give you permission to soften my heart and take down my walls. I want to have a heart that is soft towards you. And all the other people in my life. I want a heart that is alive. Holy Spirit, will you come and fill me now with your nurture and comfort? Come and restore trust to the foundations of my life. Yeah, thank you, God, for just uh, revealing these things to the people here today, God. I pray that you would just continue with this healing, God, and just don't let them forget about the, the people that they forgave today and just be with them as they walk into this healing, God, and through that they'll start walking into the healing and the true identity that you have for them. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Give Olivia a hand.